Mattressense is messy. From the weird mom bun, the mesh panties, the spit-up stained shirt, the puddle of milk, sweat, and tears that you wake up in for that 2 a.m. feeding, social media may have portrayed it as a beautifully blissful curated season, but this transformative season can be messy. Hi, I'm Kendall. I'm a God-fearing lactation professional, military spouse, mom to two, and your host of the Mothering the Mama, a Mattressense Ministry podcast. I want to help you connect biological norms to biblical encouragement to help you find the true joy and rest in Mattressense that can only come from Jesus. You were created for such a time as this, and I want to walk through this season with you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is where you are. Maybe you're doing that middle of the night feeding right now. Um, I am just so honored that you would choose to invite me into your postpartum recovery bubble. I know that that is a sacred time and space, and I'm just honored that you would invite me in. Um, Today, first of all, excuse my voice if it starts to crack. I lost my voice over the weekend, and it's back mostly now, but um, it it sometimes cracks a little bit, but we're going to get through it. (laughs) Um, Today, I really want to talk about the very unhelpful but commonly said phrase of, well, a healthy baby is all that matters. I hate this phrase. I wish that people would just stop saying it. I think it feels so invalidating. I think any statement that also starts with, well, at least, you know, blah, 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 didn't happen. It is so not helpful. And people always mean well, but it can feel so hurtful. And I feel like it's an effort to pacify somebody who's having a hard time and the intentions are you know people always have the best intentions when they say it they're trying to cheer you up Um, but I think what we forget is that when somebody is hurting when someone's going through a hard time letting them feel those feelings because those feelings aren't inherently wrong Letting them feel those feelings and encouraging them to give those feelings to our Heavenly Father so that He can redeem those is a very different experience from trying to minimize and erase the feelings. I feel very passionately about this um, because when I was pregnant with my first baby, I had a beautiful plan for how my birth would go. I meticulously researched and studied every possible option and intervention. But when I was 41 weeks pregnant, my doctor offered an induction, and I very, very excitedly said yes. I was so done with being pregnant. I was tired. My body was in pain. So I said yes. Um, It took, I want to say it was like six hours for labor to actually start from the time we started the induction. And then I was in labor for 27 hours. And then I pushed for three hours, and then we had to do a C-section because my baby's heart rate was dropping. Now, I'm not going to get into the cascade of interventions that took place. 
I won't go into detail about the verbal and physical obstetric violence that I experienced. I know if there's any postpartum doulas listening to this and birth doulas listening to this, um, you're probably already picking out the things that I have, uh, I should have done differently. Um, I'll go into it another time if that's something you guys want to hear about, um, but for now I'm not going to share that here. Um, but I remember after my baby was born being so angry and it was so amplified when I would tell someone my birth story through the tears and they would say, well, a healthy baby is all that matters. I felt so invalidated, like the hurt that I felt was wrong. I was supposed to be just grateful. And I remember feeling just disconnected from my baby at that time because I was so angry. I felt like if you've had a C-section, maybe you relate to this, but I felt like my, my brain was having a hard time processing that I had birthed my baby, that she had come out of me. Um, I feel like that rush of oxytocin that you get when you're pushing your baby out and your baby is coming through the birth canal, I feel like that aids so much in bonding. And when you don't get that during a C-section, it can feel almost like your baby is foreign to you. And like I saw her come out. I knew that she was my baby. I did not feel pregnant anymore. But it was like my brain was having a hard time connecting that. So then when I got pregnant again, um, when my second baby was coming, I was so determined to have more control over how things went. Now, I still chose to do a C-section, um, and I can explain at another time why I felt that was the best choice for me. Um, but my hope was that if I was in control, it would somehow redeem the hurt that I had previously felt. But this birth was traumatic in other ways. Nothing was redeemed. Like I said, one in three women will consider their birth to be emotionally traumatic. There is a rise in cortisol, which is the stress hormone. And it causes, you know, long-term effects in the way that women process their birth, the way that women experience matricents. And for some women, they really have to grieve the loss of the experience that they expected to have. That was definitely the case with me. I had to really grieve that, you know, my birth didn't go how I had hoped. And, you know, I had reasonable expectations. I knew that things could happen. I knew that it was going to be a painful experience. I knew that, you know, anything could, could happen. I, I was mentally prepared for that. But I, I just expected a labor and delivery experience that was more connected and more centered around um, bonding with my baby and more centered around my family versus being centered around a medical event. And I had a really hard time, you know, processing through that grief because it felt like I wasn't supposed to be grieving because my baby was right there. I was right there. What, what was I even grieving, you know? And it took a little while to really kind of work through that. One kind of, um, you know, trauma that people experience postpartum that I did not realize until 
I became a mother and I became a lactation professional is actually feeding trauma. Um, you know, while breastfeeding is natural, it is not easy. It's it's natural like learning to walk, not natural like breathing. And it takes practice and sometimes it's difficult and sometimes you need assistive devices and sometimes it just doesn't work out. And, you know, unfortunately in the U.S., many mothers that are, you know, learning to walk are learning on gravel barefoot. We don't have the support that we need in this country between pediatricians that are misinformed about breastfeeding issues, a lack of insurance coverage for lactation care, limited workplace pump protections, and many mothers returning to work way too soon. Our society has stacked so many things against mothers in their feeding journeys in this season. And yet still, even though a mom cannot control all of those outside things that are contributing to her journey. She may still feel like a personal loss when she can't breastfeed or when she's not supported enough tangibly to breastfeed. And, you know, it's it's really sad because it's one of those things that people will say, oh, healthy baby's all that matters, you know, fed is best, when really that can feel so invalidating. Like all that she has put into breastfeeding or pumping or, you know, if she's been going to a lactation consultant and she's dealing with pain and infections and abscess and all these different things, for someone to say, oh, well, fed is best. It doesn't really matter how you feed the baby. It can feel so crushing. And I've talked to many mothers that have experienced the feeding trauma of really just having to grieve that loss of expectations of what you thought that it was going to look like. And, you know, maybe maybe you wanted to breastfeed and now you're exclusively pumping. And, you know, people will say, oh, well, I mean, breast milk is breast milk. But if you were picturing it a certain way and it's different now, you could still be grieving that loss of expectations. I know a lot of formula feeding mothers that I talked to were experiencing so much stress when we had that formula shortage, and that is traumatic to be stressed about how you will feed your baby, especially, like I said, when there's all these things stacked against mothers who want to breastfeed or you know, even being able to breastfeed, and now there's not formula available that is stressful. That is feeding trauma. Even if, you know, you wanted to formula feed from day one, you never wanted to try to breastfeed, and then suddenly it's not on the shelves. That is traumatic, okay? So telling someone, well, healthy baby is all that matters. Fed is best. Who cares anyways? It is so invalidating, and it can make it really hard to move through those stages of grief in this season. Motherhood is so beautiful. It is transformative. Um, but I always, you know, you think about the birth of a mother. With that comes the death of the person that you used to be. You will never be that same woman again. 
whether you've chose to parent your baby or you've experienced loss or you've chosen to place your your baby for adoption you have still undergone a huge transformation and you will never be the same person again and as beautiful as it can be to become this whole new person there are sometimes some major growing pains and i feel like nobody talks about that maybe that's taboo to say but you know i think it's the truth me personally, I've been a mom for almost 6 years now, and I love my children with my whole being. I would give anything for them. I would break my heart to keep theirs whole. But sometimes I do miss the person that I was before them. I wasn't as nervous. I didn't carry so much weight on my shoulders. My mind wasn't so consumed with having to remember, you know, details about meals and diapers and doctor's appointments and milestones and you know my husband and I we often talk about you know he's getting out of the military next year and we often say that this transition and this decision in general would have been easier if we didn't have our kids because it would be you know no big deal if things didn't work out and we had to crash on a friend's couch and eat ramen noodles that's no big deal if it's just him and us, or, you know, him and I. We we chose that, and we will deal with the repercussions of our choices. But as a parent, we know that our kids deserve better than that. We have to be more careful because of them, because every decision we make now affects them, and they don't have a choice in the matter. Every move we make can positively or negatively impact the people that they will become and that is a huge weight to carry. You know, and sometimes I find myself grieving the carefree person that I said goodbye to. And it's not because I want to be irresponsible, but because risks and leaps only had the opportunity to impact myself and my husband. So why do I say all of this? I say all of this to say that sometimes in matricence there is grief, a very real grief that doesn't always have to accompany the loss of life. So what is grief? Grief is a strong physical and emotional response to a significant loss. It includes five stages, anger, denial, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. When you look at pregnancy, labor delivery, postpartum recovery, and matricence, when you look at your own journey through those things, you may find yourself experiencing deep grief. For me, it was the unmet expectations and loss of control. My children's birthdays are the happiest days of my life. I am so grateful that they are here, that they are healthy. But the days before... When I remember the trauma that I experienced, there's a lot of pain and hurt associated with both. And while many people don't talk about that, I think that likely contributes to why matricence can be so difficult. It's like there's this huge elephant in the room that no one is allowed to talk about. What I have learned in overcoming my own birth trauma 
is that trauma happens to us as a result of living in a fallen world, but there is nothing that our God won't heal and redeem. In this process of overcoming this weird phase of melancholy grief that seems to be littered with shame for feeling it in the first place, I am reminded of how Jesus reacted to Mary and Martha when they told him that Lazarus had died. Jesus already knew that he would redeem this hurt. He told Martha that Lazarus would rise again. And then Jesus met with Mary. John chapter 11 says, When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Now Jesus already knew that he would redeem this pain, but he did not offer some backhanded encouragement or diminish the pain that they were in. Jesus wept. He met them with empathy. His spirit was moved and troubled by her, her grief. Mama, we serve a God who hurts when we hurt. Our Abba Father wants to nurture us through this pain. And no one has to die for it to be a pain that hurts enough for him to heal it. We can still be grateful for the baby we have been given and still hurt from the pain we experience in this fallen world. He longs to sit with us. He longs to wipe the hormonal tears that fall from your dark circled eyes onto your cheeks. To hold you in his lap, even though you smell like sour milk and postpartum sweat. To caress your head while your hair is tied up in that weird mom bun we all do. Pain is inevitable, no matter how much curated Instagram feeds try to overlook it. And like, you know, verse 37 says, But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? In the same way, it may be tempting to say, couldn't God have protected me from this trauma and this experience? And, you know, God tells us, his word tells us that in this world we will face troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We already know that we're going to face trouble, but he is with us. God is bigger than this pain. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Speak against the spirits of shame and resistance that would tell you that this is not big enough to bother God about. That is not from the Holy Spirit. Those are spirits of the enemy. He is hoping that you will believe those lies so that you will deny yourself the opportunity to experience the deep intimacy that comes from building trust in our Heavenly Father. He is hoping you believe those lies so He can continue to plant seeds of shame and resistance. Don't gaslight yourself into thinking that you aren't allowed to hurt about this, but give it to God and let Him work on your heart through it. Let Him hold you through it. He is safe. He cares about what grieves our, our spirits, even if the rest of the world does not. This is not too, 
too little or too messy to give to God. He wants to redeem this. The spirits of the enemy know that if you are holding on to this to handle it yourself, then you are still in bondage to it and they can continue to use it to speak to you and put seeds of resistance and doubt and pain in your mind. But you can lay it down. It's heavy. Lay it down at the feet of Jesus. Don't pick it back up. Let him work on your heart through it so you can heal and really heal. Not just push it aside and wait for it to come up at a later time, but really heal. Friends, I hope that this spoke to somebody that needed to hear it today. I hope you know that that you know spirit of shame that tries to tell you that a healthy baby is all that matters. I hope that you will know you can pray against it and you can give this to God. If this spoke to you today and was helpful, can you just leave a comment? Maybe, you know, share part of your birth story for another mom that may be going through that now to be encouraged. Um, follow me on Instagram. Let's let's talk about it. I think many mothers could benefit from the mothering of other mothers. And if we've already been through the postpartum fog and we have seen the light It is our responsibility to pass down our testimony so that other moms know that there is light that is coming and that this is just a season. I really enjoyed talking to you guys today. I'll see you guys again next week. Bye.